great day, one and all, and welcome back to the Sweet Mates. It has been a few weeks away, but we've had a various amount of experiences in that time. Um, great networking, great breaks with great people. Akin Wally Andrew, what's going on, my boys? What's up, Devin? What's up? What's up? How are you guys doing? How are you doing? Well, I'm extremely well. I couldn't be any better. Spring break was lit. Um, back on campus, grinding, work, getting done, opportunities are coming. Andrew? <clears throat> I was just chilling, just chilling. I went to Cornell for spring break. I was with Wally, and I got to, in some way, be a student at Cornell University, and got to, I got to experience all of that. Um, the campus is very beautiful. Dining hall, really nice. At least the Tony Morrison dining hall. You know, there's several more, but they did. Wally was too lazy, you know, could have maybe said, you know. But uh, the food... I'll say the food quality is better than um, Stony Brook in some ways, but it's more of the same thing as being served. But overall, it was a great experience, great spring break. Let me hear a crazy spring break story so far. I think I have too many to count. (laughs) Who wants to go first? I would have a crazy spring break story. (laughs) Well, you're at Cornell. What did you guys do at Cornell then? Let me hear that. Um, so Wally just gave me a tour of the campus. I went to one of his fashion show practices and then fashion show. Oh, well, you're a model, bro. Modeling, not a model. Modeling training. <laughs> no, because I am definitely not a model. I think Andrew can tell you that from uh, firsthand experience, but I definitely, I, I, I definitely love the experience of, uh, modeling. Um, but I'm not a model. Definitely not. This was with your uh, school fashion magazine, right? No, actually, this is uh, for PASA, Pan-African Student Association. So they do one like every year or so, I think. I'm not so sure about the history of it. But it was like, but this time it was like a really big event because one of the uh, students who was doing the fashion show, she unfortunately died like the week before Andy came. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, Cornell does have that, that reputation, though. They do have that reputation, Cornell. Um, I don't know if we have a reputation of students dying, but well, maybe not dying the way she did, but I mean, in other ways. But we, we won't get into that. We won't get into that. We won't get into that. But it, it was unfortunate. Um, the true reason of why she died wasn't you know known yet, but she did apparently pass in her sleep because they found her on her bed. Um, and so she was like a dear friend to many people in the organization. I only got to know her through brief conversations. I wasn't like a close friend of her, um, of hers, but I do know that a lot of people who were, uh, they were, you know, greatly disturbed and saddened. Um, but so that's why we decided to um, continue with the fashion show with the request of her mother, because her mother, um, apparently at least uh, the, the girl has been always telling her mother how like she want, she like, she was so excited for the show, how she was going to like send her the pictures and all that stuff. So with the request of her mother, we continued the show and all the proceeds, uh, or at least the proceeds will go to her mother and her family to help with funeral expenses, any other additional expenses and stuff like that. And a lot of people turned out, uh, like, I think like, I don't know the actual count, but it, it filled, they filled up the whole like hall. Um, Glad to hear. It was, it was a lot of people and it wasn't yeah, just like, lot. yeah, a lot of people. It wasn't just like African-Americans. Like you saw like different races, um, coming to support Lisa and to support the fashion show. Um, 
but it, it was it was a good thing in the end and we definitely raised a lot of money people the tickets were three dollars but some people were sending like twenty dollars ten dollars for just one ticket um, i was gonna ask so, you is there, is there any gofundme or no there is a gofundme um yeah I, let me know we, we put in the link we put in the description so that people listening could uh go and donate and i will personally contribute as well um yeah yeah i'm sorry to hear that guys but i'm glad it was a success though overall i mean you guys were able to turn a well, what was a grievous occasion into one that was that was joyous and glad that her legacy could, could live on to the fashion show uh, yeah what else do you guys do in cornell i mean ithaca how was it though like how was ithaca andrew from uh, outsider visiting from good old sunny long island going up north how was ithaca um <clears throat> so one thing that students always told me was like oh i'm visiting cornell at a good time because they said it's usually cold and all so during spring break it was like hot like it wasn't really too cold, but maybe throughout the day, that's when it starts to get cold. But like initially it would always be hot and everything like that. Like just the experience throughout the whole campus and comparing it to Stony Brook, it's definitely beautiful, especially with the various bridges that they have, um, the clock tower that I saw. And like going to the slope, the uh, infamous slope. Skins out, part. buns out, I see, up in, up in Cornell. That, that area looked really nice. And I remember when it was really sunny. It felt like I was in a movie because when I went to the slope, like students were sitting on the grass, picnics out and all that stuff, like surround, like around each other. It just felt like I was in a movie or, I don't know, it just felt different. And I really liked that to see a lot of students just being, I don't know, just more embracing where they're at in their home. I feel like one thing that I learned though, um, because coming from Stony Brook, like so many people here, they don't like Stony Brook or like being here. I feel like one thing I learned is like students despise or like, at least dislike their school in various ways. Not not like, just because I enjoy the school doesn't mean other people are going to enjoy it. Because I found so many Cornell students who are like, oh, I don't like the school. I'm just trying to leave. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, bruh, like this, this campus is so beautiful. You got so many nice things. It's like, wow. Aren't you? I'll, I'll, I don't know. So- to, um, to say to that, like, I don't know much people saying they're trying to leave, but I do know, like, the first month, everyone was excited. Everyone was like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. But although it is, you kind of, like, get over that hump, like, a little bit. Like, you ju- you just, like, you stop admiring the beauty. You just start do- going, like, being monotonous with your work. Like, everything becomes more repetitive. It starts to get cold. It starts to get depressing and bleak. So I like I don't I from your perspective I can understand because you just went there and you've seen it for like a week or so. But in my opinion, like you 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 just get over it as soon as possible. Wait, Andrew, where'd you stay in Ithaca? I stayed in Ujamaa Hall, which is Wally, in like Wally's dorm, Wally and Nigel's dorm, because okay. Nigel Nigel didn't sleep there. So yeah, that's lit though. Because here, if you came to Chicago, you like, it'd be so hard to have you somehow bypass our security. To get into the dorm building, like, you have to sign in. They have to know, and if they don't know your face, they'll ask you who you are, where you're from, what you're doing here. I slid though that um, strangers could actually come on campus. Um, <clears throat> but let me tell you about my spring break. Your boy went far south while you were going north, and I decided to go to Miami. Well, I went to Miami to school first on a business track. So we went to various companies um, with with former alumni networked. Went to J.P. Morgan Private Wealth in Miami, RBI, which is um, Restaurant Brands International. Went to the Royal Caribbean Corporate Office. 
we met the former COO of HBO Latin America. We met a founder at a venture capital group. And then there was a gentleman whose son goes to our school, but he's quite successful himself. And he invited us to his home for a uh, evening dinner. And there he invited all of his friends who are you know, quite esteemed themselves. And I can't tell you the amount of connections I made that day, the amount of knowledge that was part of that day. Um, just inspiring stories. I mean, these, these, some of these men were centimillionaires, close to billionaires, but all they wanted to do was talk and teach. If, what I've learned the most really from being in environments like those uh, repeatedly is that if you ask, you will receive help because they understand what it's like to be a student, right? So they are always looking to help in some way to add value to your life in some way. And I encourage anyone listening just to ask questions, just reach out to your alumni, especially if you go to any school that has a long litany of alumni, you know, who are successful, reach out to them because they're, they're going to want to help you. Network. Networking is very important. Your network is your net worth. I said this the last podcast. I cannot tell you how many opportunities I have gotten just from reaching out to people and talking to them. Analysts, senior directors, vice presidents, managing directors, presidents, COOs, CEOs, just reach out. The worst they could tell you is no. And their no is an opportunity for someone else to say yes. So don't be disencouraged by someone's no. But Miami was lit. After I spent three days on the, on the trek, I then my, my brother came. And all I, all I did was really pretty much was work and party. Went to the beach. Uh, it was, we're living lavish in Miami. The weather was wonderful. 81 degree weather. Woman were everywhere. Beautiful woman. Beautiful people everywhere. How could I not be happy? How could I not be happy? Um, also, what Miami taught me was that Chicago has softened me. I've become so soft because there's a gambling game and on the street, you know, people are just hustling, right? And um, it's three caps and he puts a ball under the cap on, on a velvet board, right? And he holds a board in his hand. And pretty much you have to bet to see, he moves around the caps of the ball underneath to see where the ball is, right? And if you guess the right ball, you win your money back plus some. And twice in a row, I somehow did not see his movement. And when I lost $200, I, something triggered me, right? I, and it was the fact that I lost the money because I wasn't paying attention to the smaller details. I, I feel like being here in Chicago made me soft. I don't know what it's like anymore to, to hustle. I mean, about hustle in a good way. I, I, I feel like I, I lost that work ethic, that drive, that desire that I once had that got me to this point. So I think I also had a recalibration point when I went to Miami. Why do, you, why do you attribute that loss uh, to Chicago? Because there is being book smart and then there's being street smart, right? But it's applying your street smartness with your book smartness that should make develop your character in business, right? But these young men who are out here who have to make the money to go provide for their family, right? They don't have the safety net that I have at Chicago, which, which is academia. I could get a degree and get a job. No, their job is to go out there and get, make it happen, right? So I feel like I have fallen into the trap of having that safety net here that's going to catch me, even if I don't try hard enough, because the name of the school and the, and the degree is going to get me where I need to be. But being intentional is what I've lost. I've lost that drive. So I've been slowly but surely getting back into the rhythm, um, developing that work ethic again that hunger that they have, paying attention to smaller details and being more intentional overall. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, if you're talking about street smarts, right, do you, don't you feel like there are some programs in school that can like, you know, help you develop that kind of stuff? Or you feel like it's all the same, it's just all books and reading? 
if I'm going to be honest, you cannot develop that without being out there in the world and understanding how the world operates and how people operates, right? Being in school, mm-hmm. we're, we're still quite sheltered from the world, in my opinion, because again, we have a school that's feeding us, um, feeding us and providing housing for us. And we're being taught by teachers and we have professionals to support us. Uh, we're still, we're still in, my, in my opinion, babied. Uh, we don't know what it's like to have to go out there and scrap. They do, right? We, we, we don't have that fighting desire that they have to have because they don't have anything to support them. Um, I don't feel there's anything in school that they can give you that besides be having the experience of, of being outside and being outside of your comfort zone. Um, and so I think it's a very important and underrated skill and that and talent, I should say, in a way that people, or I guess the skill to be developed that people don't have or think about developing because you can be as smart as you want. Or I was speaking to someone today in Dying Hall and we were saying that, no offense to the quants out there and, and comp sci majors, those people tend to be the best employees because all they want to do is work for Google or Apple or you know, focus primarily on their career. But there's a sector of people that you always need. You always need those business leaders to show to, to provide the structure and management structure for them to thrive the best, right? For their yeah. job. And those are people who have applied the book smartness with the understanding of how the world works, with the understanding of how operations works, and with the understanding of how people work. It's all in the development. Um, and some people have it, some people don't, but I want to have it all. So that was my problem. I feel like I was losing that and I have to work on that still. Hmm. That's, well, I'm glad you're very reflective during your spring break. My spring break, however, just recently started. Uh, started on my birthday, April 1st. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. How old are you? 16? <clears throat> what do you say? How old 16. You I'm 19, bro. Like, 19. <laughs> older than you. Right? you. Older than you. Oh, my God. Andrew, when's your birthday again? May 30th. Oh, God. You guys will both be older than me. Bloody hell. Look at me and waiting until July. Hey, at least it's not like December. My brother's birthday's in December. So he had to wait a whole cycle. Yeah, I guess that's out of this. Even okay, though like, let, let us know what you're doing over your spring break. Where are you right now? What are you doing? What, what are you doing for your birthday? Let us know. Let the people hear. Well, for my birthday, I, I pretty much spend the majority of it taking a car ride all the way to Newark, New Jersey, and then taking the airplane, well, a six-hour flight, Chris, a Chris six-hour flight all the way to L- L- LAX. And by the time I landed, it was like, what, nine? So I didn't really want to go out to like a restaurant. And by the way... Most of them were about to close anyways. So we just ordered uh, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles in Roscoe's. Santa Monica. Yeah. Awesome. Delicious. Just spectacular. And then chicken. I just spent. Yeah, it was fried chicken. Some fried good chicken. waffles. <sighs> well, Why couldn't it be grilled? I'm... No, I'm not eating grilled chicken with I waffles. I so much of more lit, bro. No. And you stop... <laughs> No, I'm not eating grilled chicken with waffles. Anyways, it was awesome. It was amazing. Um, I spent it with my acapella bros, and then I went to bed. Now, today, we went out to, like, for example, we went out to the farmer's market to go busking for, like, uh, these, like, people shopping there. And at first, like, a little bit, uh, some of the people were timid. And this is actually an important lesson about, like, just being out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of some of the guys in our group were timid, like saying, bro, there's no one's going to stop for us. Like, they're not going to pay attention to us. Like, we shouldn't even try this. We just went on with it and we decided to put a hat in front of us and we sang about four songs. And by the time we were done singing those four songs, over 50 people crowded us just to listen. And they dropped money in the, in the, in the, in the hat. Send us a video. I, I will. I will. 
You can post by it to Instagram. Time, by the time we were done, I'll post this soon. By the time we were done, I think we made over like like almost two hundred dollars in a span of like a few minutes. And we're now we're thinking of doing this like every day from now on, just to like cover our expenses from um being here in LA. Because like first of all, it's fun. We're glad the people enjoyed and we're making some money off of it. So it's a win-win for everyone. Um, so yeah, so I really love being with this group. We just like sometimes randomly like bust in, into song and like harmonize over like like today in the car we were harmonizing over Hallelujah and Mary Did You Know. Oh, it was freaking God. amazing. Those songs, bro, memories from chorus. From oh yeah, I hate it. But I could just imagine. You know, I didn't join any, any acapella group here, and music was such a big part of my life. And I think I will, or just some music group in general, because. I just miss singing in general and learning music. Like right now I'm in a music class and the members are fighting back from Miss Huffy Simmons and good old Pazenti, my boy. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, do you, are you there to perform in particular or are you guys just on a vacation? So we have three major performances. So tomorrow we are going, first of all, we're going to the elderly home, like this rich elderly um, home in like uh, somewhere around Santa Monica. And we're just going to sing for them. Hopefully we make some money. I think the old people are going to be very generous, but we don't want to like, you know, take advantage of them. Um, Those 401ks <laughs> here, guys. Take them. <laughs> exactly. Definitely not 401ks. Um, and then Wednesday, we're going to USC. We're going to, we're going to actually perform for the award, national award wow. winning Congratulations. Uh, SoCal Vocals. Man, they are so really good. Are you going to compete against the schools? No, we're not going to p- compete. First of all, if we compete, um, in my opinion, we are an awesome group, an all-male group. They are an even better all-gendered group. Like, it's, like, they're amazing. They're just spectacular. But we still think that we, um, our, like, all-male group has some advantages compared to them. And we're just going to sing some songs for them. They're going to sing some songs for us. You know, it's going to be a good day. Um, Friday, we're going to a yacht club um, from our members family celebrations something like that and we're gonna sing like six to seven songs uh in the yacht club watch them cut you watch them cut you a fat check afterwards 10 grand donation (laughs) you never never know you never know we're just gonna sing and make sure it's good and hopefully people who are there like want to you know fund us and then uh saturday morning we're heading back to cornell and then sunday it's just me in my room uh preparing for the next day so yeah how class has been for this last past quarter? I think the winter quarter is always going to be the most tedious, number one, because the weather's poor and you're stuck inside. I just feel like the winter quarter has the most work, but listen, I love the winter quarter. Um, but the one week break was a little bit of a tease because I, I have to go right, right back into work afterwards. But spring quarter so far has been too easy for me, I feel. I don't want to get too lazy, so I've been trying to find other things to do with my time. Um, so one, I'm running for re-election as well for college council representative. And I'm also going to run for vice president of Canvas Life here uh, at UChicago. Uh, so those are the two things on my agenda. I have some other projects in store that I will reveal uh, later on after they're on their feet. Uh, we have a lot of things going on. Uh, it's going to be an exciting few months, an exciting summer. But what do you guys have? What are you guys going to do this summer, by the way? Let me know. Hmm. I think summer I'm just going to be working. I don't know. <clears throat> Because I, I want to try to secure, that's why I want to work on my resume, because I want to try to secure an internship or something like that within my career field. But, like, other than that, I just want to try to get the funds, you know, 
really have have money saved up for next semester. And I don't know, just I guess just try to relax more. I feel like last semester and this semester I've dealt with my own struggles. A lot of them that a lot of those battles and stuff like that I had to fight like by myself. And then some obviously I had to go get help with. But I feel like right now I'm just really, really like just waiting and, and very enthusiastic, very like just enthusiastic about like school coming to an end right now, just like that summertime. I'm, I'm, also not, actually, I'm, not, I'm not looking forward to school ending. I love school. Go ahead. I'm no, I, I, I love school, but it's like, I don't know. I just, right now, I just need a break, too. But, do you um, think that a lot of those battles that you had to fight, was is it due to, like, other distractions, like people, or is it just things you have to deal with? Uh, with in, that is school-related as well, mostly. Mm, I thought it was people, like, especially looking back last semester, but then I realized that, I feel like, one... So just talking to my brother about it, I feel like it's a, a lot of the pressure, a lot of pressure that I apply to myself and I put on myself just to be successful, to like achieve what I want to achieve and stuff like that. So I put a lot of pressure on myself for those stuff like that. And I know last semester, I, it made me, it put me in like a mild depression. That's something that I had to come out of. And I've never faced that. Like, it was really difficult. I remember thinking to Mr. Doherty, who really helped me because I had like a whole panic attack. And <clears throat> I mean, he was like, I texted him and I texted Wally. You know, I was on the phone with Wally for a little while. And then later on, I was able to speak to Mr. Doherty about it. And then he just guided me and stuff. So like, th- that was really helpful. And especially having that on um, winter break, I don't know, just having that time to myself when I went to Florida and I was basically in a house by myself, I really had time to reflect and think. I was journaling and God, that really got me to... Like just better footing, like just back on my foot, like just just trying to really get back to my normal groove. I feel like you know and now coming into this semester, I'm starting to be more active, running for senate. Um, recently, I just became the community service chair of congratulations um, the Haitian Student Organization. So that was something good. Thank you. And I did my fashion show. I was the only male freshman to do a fashion show the African Student Union Fashion Show. And now I'm going, I'm running for one of the positions, cultural officer for the African Student Union. So it's like, I'm starting to be more active. And also I'm taking the therapy route. So weekly I've been going to therapy and that has been helpful, just having someone to talk to about certain problems and situations. So that makes various connections, I don't know. I feel like yeah. I'm just trying to get back to the normal groove and I don't know, just getting getting back to a position where I feel I like I'm comfortable, you know, like I feel like everything's okay. Cause I feel like I, I put so much pressure on myself and then I start to just panic. I just feel like I'm or just in some sense just doubt myself. Yeah, you know, I uh I'll say like my summer is gonna be a mix of uh both yours a little um a little bit and the one I had like before this year even started. Um, I do want to take time to relax and and basically like reflect on, you know, how my past two semesters have been and what I can change, what I can fix and, you know, all that jazz. But I also want to make it, you know, very productive for my next semester. Um, I think my next semester will be one of the toughest I will go through in Cor- at Cornell, not only because I'm taking a lot of classes, 
Um, and not only because I'm joining all these organizations, um, but also because I am just going to be, I think I'm going to be a full-on student next semester. I don't think, I know it's, it, it might be bad to say that, but I don't think that I'm going to have time for myself. And the reason I decided to do that early on is because I didn't really, really want to do a senior year time or junior year time. I really wanted to do it around my sophomore year because I want my senior and junior year time to be either job searching or career building, most likely, um, or trying to see what I really want for my next career. Do I want to uh, you know, start a startup or maybe do a little project on the side before I go into the, market and the, the career world? I don't know what's in plan for that, but all I know is that in order to plan, you know, extensively, I have to use my sophomore years to basically grind all the work out. So I'm just going to use my summer to really prepare for my sophomore year. Um, it's not really going to be a fun summer for me. Hopefully I get, get into this program I applied to called CS More uh, that where like they're sponsored by Facebook, uh, Google, um, Goldman Sachs, Wayfair. Um, and I can get to talk to a lot of representatives, get to prepare for next classes in that program. Hopefully that, you know, I get, I get apply, um, I get into that program. Um, results are coming out April 22nd, but if I don't, I have another plan for preparing for just next semester throughout the whole summer. So summer's pretty boring, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do for, to prepare for the next stage in life. Mm -hmm. You know, well, what I recommend you do, a gentleman that has changed my life for the better uh, since I have listened to him, his name is Brian Tracy. Brian Tracy is a motivational speaker, business leader, um, de a business developer, consultant. He is, he does, he's season everything in, in his career. And Angie, you, you mentioned a very important thing, uh, taking time for self-reflection to see whether you've been using your time wisely, whether it, almost questioning that if you have if you would have done a certain action again if you would do it again if you had the time or if you had the ability to do it again just to see if you feel like you've made the right decision to see what you can change or what you can improve in your life i think that be going off on your own and you know um trying to reassess and redevelop and re-strategize is quite very important and i think um for us who are very social beings taking time away from other people uh, is just quite important for us to Come up with our own uh, philosophies and thoughts, and to develop our own ideas to build. I think that being around people too much can be challenging in the way that you know you're always interacting. You don't have to take time for yourself. So what I've been told to do, actually, by most, multiple people, I met, I met this random guy at a bar while I was in Miami, and he happened to be a musical produ producer by the name Yonas. It was just so strange that he came up to me, and then he said, "Yeah, let's go and have a conversation." And we did, and he was telling me that he just sensed that. I was a very social person in general, and that God was speaking to him to tell me that I need to take time to speak to myself and just to reassess and to rely on my focus and to build. And that people will not understand why I act the way I act or why I do what I do, but he feels that that's one of the things that will help me in my development the most to build and to be successful. Um, it was just strange because he was getting quite emotional when speaking to me. I didn't understand why. But then he just started telling me that he felt this power and this vibe that, you know, uh, from me that I have a great ability to lead and I should not let that go astray or I shouldn't lead people astray. And that um, really, I shouldn't take advantage of that. But it was just a strange moment because 
a random guy that I met 30 minutes in was telling me this. And I didn't really know how to respond right away, but it really resonated with me. So when I, since I've been back, I've just been taking a lot of time to do work on my own, think of my own and build on my own. And I must say a lot of thoughts have been coming to me on what I want to do and how I want to rely on my focus. But let me get into what I want, what I want to do this summer um, as well, what I'm going to do this summer. So this summer, I'm an intern with the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, and I potentially am going to be an intern, intern for um, a real estate development group called CBRE, and uh, well, which probably would be hybrid, most likely, or virtual um, this summer. And I'll also be a program manager for my group, I think, as well, Project Destin. So I have three things. It's a very packed summer. So I'm stuck in Chicago the entire summer, which I'm not excited about because I wanted to go and travel. But right after that, I have to go to a family reunion in Jamaica. And then after my family reunion in Jamaica, I can't even go home. I'm going to Israel. So I am all over the place um, and all over the world, so to say, this summer. It's going to be very busy, very hectic, but I wouldn't have it any other way because I hate wasting time. If I have time to rest, that means I'm not working hard enough, in my opinion. But that's just me. Um, so I won't be home probably until December of next year. Wow. Seems like we're all very busy this summer. Um, yeah. You know, before we, what you're saying, like taking time for yourself, um, there's this like interesting thing I came across YouTube. It's um, the, the need to be bored. Like the need to be, just have no, absolutely nothing to do, or at least the things you're doing don't appeal to you. And the reason why uh, this person came up with this concept is because he said that when you're bored, it leaves you time to truly understand what you really want to do in life. If you're bored doing something, if you feel no invigoration in achieving like a certain project or certain um, topic, subject, then it might be worthwhile rethinking what you're like going to do, whether it's your career, whether it's a video game, whether it's uh, an activity you're doing in general. Um and I think that like this summer, even though like if we're doing a lot of things or if we're not doing a lot of things, I think it, it gives us ample time to really, you know, think, um, think about what we want to do in life. So essentially what I'm trying to say is that we might not tr all truly want or like the stuff we're doing this summer. But I think it's essential in a, in a way to to allow us to truly reflect on and understand what we really, really want. Is this truly what we're trying to pursue? Or are we just doing this for a side project or a side earning per se. So I know that it seems bleak or, you know, it seems that it might not be the most exciting thing to do, but I, I truly think that this summer would be great for all of us because, you know, we're going to come out of it like attacking our semester, truly going after what we really, really want. Um, yeah. That's my uh, two cents on it. You know, I actually want, I, have been taking time to reassess what I wanted to do. So I, my plan was to go to school and get I go to corporate law, um, sorry, and go to law school afterwards, then go and practice corporate law. But then I spoke to a very um, successful centi-millionaire in his own right, businessman, and he was speaking to me, and we speak in contact a lot. He's like one of, my, one of my mentors, actually. And he was telling me that he, was at, he was questioning what I wanted to do in my life. And he said, Devin, to me, it sounds like you don't really want to practice law, so why are you going to law school? because I just have always loved business and everything always comes back to business. So I've been taking time to really um, 
fine tune everything I'm doing to assist me in business somehow. So any opportunity that I get in any field, I take it because it could be a new idea. It could be a life-changing moment. I could have a life-changing connection within that, within that um, industry um, to one day start a business with or to get an idea for business. So I actually have been more open to taking other internships and just doing programs in general, as many as I can really, just to gain the experience. I like knowing a lot about a lot of things, right? I don't necessarily like to be specialized in one thing, although I probably will have to at some point. I just like to have various knowledge and then I like to put the knowledge together. So for me, I just appreciate being able to not only think, but think about many things and take on many things and try to apply it to each other. Yeah. That's what I want to do this summer. Nice. Yeah, Andrew, go ahead. I wasn't really going to see much. I'm not going to lie. I don't know, but like like you said, just spend this time to just really self-reflect, especially being the first year of college, like just seeing what each of us can do better. Indeed. Like, and also Actually, like- I can't believe it's almost done. Yeah, it went by quick, I'm not gonna lie. But like, cause I only have this month left and I'm pretty much done. <laughs> I just got finals. Oh my God, next month is May guys. What the hell is that? Where's time gone? And then I move out. Oh, she can yeah. <laughs> already i have to look for storage facilities oh wow oh yeah yeah clear in chicago actually no i don't so actually no no, no i don't have to because i'm going to be in an apartment this summer i have to find an apartment too to live in and it's may already bloody hell you know speaking of that like, <clears throat> sorry, sorry. I, feel, I feel like college and self though i don't know if you guys have felt this but i feel like it's put me in a position of like just feeling regretful certain things either meeting people or like just not taking advantage of certain opportunities or doing things in high school specifically like in what way like um, i really wish i took advantage of like one i really wish in high school i part of me wishes like i put more effort into my academics that's one but i also wish i took advantage of the programs that like Rex and Bethel would give me like tasks and all that, like those scholar programs that um that were there. So that part of me being a high school, being a high school student and stuff like that and seeing the requirements, part of me doubted myself. But I really wish I actually took the chance to apply because I never never know what could happen. And that's what I'm starting to learn now. You know that's what I feel like with every opportunity, I'm trying to take the chance. You know what, Andrew? Um, I would say that you shouldn't be regretful. I think that whatever happened already happened everything happens for a reason maybe it was a lesson learned that that you needed to not do so so that you would go even harder when you caught when you were in college now take advantage of the opportunities and in a way it's better to be in college and having opportunities because people are more willing to assist you now in high school there is almost a barometer placed on you and how far you can go in college you're going to be placed into, into the into the professional field right out of school right so people are more willing to help you as a college student with your professional development because they know how hard it is to have mentors and to have people to help them too. So all I would say is that live by the acronym of now, no opportunities wasted and take advantage of everything that, that comes in front of you. It just, the time you used to be regretful was time you, you could have been spending finding those new programs, finding those new initiatives and doing better. That's why I never feel regretful and I can't get upset because you just waste time being upset and regretful, right? So you have to just rechannel that energy into your development now because whatever happened in the past can never return. Yeah, true. 
I mean, what are some lessons that you each of you have learned coming into college? Coming into college like, or yeah, yeah. Whether whether it's about like life or people, like what are some of the biggest lessons that you guys have taken? I will away? I will tell you. I mean, in high school I was a very um what's the word? What's the word? Ostracized figure. And I've realized that it happens here too. But no one's gonna no one's gonna learn to like this quote, but my friend Donald J. Trump said this that you it's it's easier to take the hate of people when you realize they don't have the balls to do what you would do right so people waste time hating you because they can't do what you do number one and they will never understand how you do what you do number two and then they'll see you progressing and they still waste time talking about you instead of trying to do what you're doing to the better themselves right so if people are hating you what can you do as part of life to be successful you have to make enemies it's how you so how you deal with those, with those enemies is, is a thing. So every day you I pass here, I see the fake smiles. Guess what? You smile back at them. You tell them good morning. You tell them hello. You kill them with kindness because what's the point of being upset? Why be hateful as why be as hateful as they are? Right? I mean, that's probably the biggest lesson that you always have haters in life. But it's how you treat, it's how you operate with that. Will you let it bombard you and hold you down, or will you do what you're doing anyway and keep going levels and tears above them? And soon you, you will become the giant and they'll become the ant. And what can they do to you as the ant? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. I'll say um, my biggest lesson or lessons that I've gained from college is the need for a, a routine. Um, in high school, that routine was pretty much set for us in a way. It's either I woke up by myself, but you know some people, their parents wake them up, drive them to school. Then there's, you guys are in an enclosed space where the bells ring for you. You leave class and maybe your class is right next door. Boom, you're already there. You don't have to worry about walking long distances, worry about other activities that are going on at that time. It was pretty much set for you in high school. In college, it's vastly different. You have buildings that are, you know, sometimes miles away. You have to walk and trek in the cold. Sometimes you feel unmotivated to do so there. And then sometimes you don't want to go to class in the morning and then you miss one class. Oh, the next class, you have absolutely no idea what's going on. And then you don't have the motivation to go on to the next class because you know that, oh, I, I barely know anything. Like, I barely know what's going on in this class. And so then you, it's a cumulative process. And then you're breaking that routine that is supposed to be set from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. It's a tough thing to do. But it's also when you, it's also something that when you do it, it makes you tough. And the first semester, you know, luckily I did well in the first semester. Um, but some uh, for some other people, I've I've seen how like it truly like hurt them. And one of my friends, I don't want to say his name, but I was speaking to one of my friends about it. Um, who takes the same? He took the same math class as me um, last semester, and he was telling me this semester about how it really like affected him. But he decided not to, he decided to like really hold himself accountable this semester. Um, and it's paying off so far. It's really paying off. And it's not just he's getting better grades, but he's applying this in other parts of his life, the way he eats, how he exercises. He's much more open now. He's making much more friends because of have because he already has something that's stabilized. Therefore, now he feels comfortable to go into different things. If you don't have parts of your life that are stabilized, you, and you want to go into different things, sure, you might be able to go into it, but you're not going to be going into it as confident as you want to, as prepared and as ready as you want to. 
because you haven't you haven't stabilized anything in your life. And they're usually the best way to stabilize things in your life is through a routine. So really college, I I really, although it might be repetitive sometimes, although it might be, you know, it might get, you know, it, it might be boring sometimes to do it. I, I really enjoy the the inner workings of how a routine works in our in our lives, in our brains, in our social circles, almost every facet of our life. So yeah, that's the, the most important le- lesson I've learned from college. The power of the mind is vast. And I do agree with you there that structure, workflow, routine is crucial, in my opinion, to any person becoming successful. Because it should be monotonous like brian tracy says that success is not a it's not a trait it's a way of life it's something that has to be guided has to be molded because he studies the most successful people in the world for a reason because they have similar routines and repetitions that make them that high earning person or that high intensity uh and motivated and driven person that, that that they are uh i also believe in having a structure and i mean Part of it is also belief in that, that you can do whatever you set yourself out to. Because again, the mind is very powerful. The power is in, is in the tongue, my mother always told me. And when, what my parents have always done is that they've never ever used words that were degrading, but they've always let me fail in that way, right? If I, I, I would try something and fail, but they want me to fail so that, that I would gain that resilience to keep trying, put it that way, right? They could save me, but why would they save me? They, they, can, they want me, or they know that I had, had the potential to be able to recover, to be, more, to, to be more resilient, and to go at it 10 times harder again. Yeah, yeah, I think, it's, yeah, go ahead. I think, um, especially looking at what you said, Wally, <clears throat> I look at a quote, which is like, if you're persistent, you'll get it. If you're consistent, you'll keep it. So I feel like that's one of the biggest things coming into college, being very, trying to be consistent and disciplined. You know, when you're not motivated, you have to try and get up. You know, when you don't want to do this assignment, you got to really push yourself to do it and really stick to, really stick to all of that. But I feel like for me, one of the biggest lessons too that I've taken out of like this whole college experience is that patience is really key and like time really will tell all. Cause I feel like for me, I was just so reluctant to do certain things and force certain things. But now, I, this semester, I really took that step back and I realized certain things are coming my way. Let me just be me. Let me just be myself. Instead of just, I don't know, trying to like force certain things because I want to be productive or I want to get back to that groove that I had in Elmont. Let me just be myself and opportunities will open. And because of that, like, especially like doing the ASU fashion show, various opportunities have opened with, you know, certain clubs, certain people, I made various connections and people are really starting to, people are starting to see things within me that at times when I'm, when I lack that motivation or whatever, it's like people, they really see that greatness within me that I don't see in myself at times, at times, but, you know, that's just one of the biggest lessons I've taken away. I think, uh, so for the group I work with, Project Destined, our CEO always says that you have to be righteous in the fact that you deserve to be successful, right? So it's about also putting in your head that no matter what, you will be successful. Because like, again, belief is very important. So anytime you don't feel that, that you're motivated, that you don't believe in yourself, you have to. 
You have to believe in yourself because you have the capabilities to do so. You can do whatever you put and set your mind to. And that's a constant reminder. I journal every day and that's something I put. I put that every, in, my, in my journal every single day, but I also put that I'm, I'm going every day to conquer and kill, but not conquer and kill people, of course. But that's a mindset you have to have. You have to be driven. You have to have to be intentional. You have to want it. You have to want it more than everyone else because why should they have and why shouldn't you? If not yeah. them, if not me, who, right? You should be the one to be the changer of the future. You should be the one to be the leader of tomorrow. Why can't it not be you? And I, I remember, I'll tell you this funny story. This young lady here, um, I've spoken to her before, but you know, she never comes, she never came to me in good faith because she was with her friend. You know, I'm conservative. So people come to me and they try to, you know, probe and posture. And she said, um, riddle me this, because you apparently I'm, I guess I'm morally culpable. She said, would you kill for a billion dollars? I said, well, why would I have to kill when I, when I can earn it? And she said, why are you so confident that you could be a billionaire? And I said, why aren't you? And she couldn't respond. People lack the self-confidence within themselves to go for what they want, to be successful. Go and take it. No one's going to give it to you. If you want to go talk to that girl over there, she's not going to come over to you if you like her. You have to go talk to her, right? But I just encourage people to be more confident in themselves overall. And when people are going to come to you and be pernicious, you have to just understand that not everyone is going to be like you. But you want to be different anyway. You don't want to be like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't take much effort to think about trying to be successful. It doesn't take much effort at all. It doesn't take much more effort to not think, thinking about being successful. But the difference is that you thinking about being successful or wanting to be successful is just the first step. So why not have that kind of mindset in the first place? Why not just start out that way? Correct. So I do understand what you're saying. Um, and that's, that's, that's a pretty interesting story um, that you told me. It's very funny too. How you uh, how you were able to stump that girl who was trying to come across you um, in a postulating way. That was very interesting. Uh, I, I listen, I'm, I'm not a hateful person at all, really. I try to motivate anybody I can who wants to hear me and who wants to speak to me because I'm here to add value to people's lives. That, that, that is what business is about, right? You develop a product or a business strategy for people to consume that adds value to their life in some aspect. So. If someone comes to me, I, I'm not a person, even if you're being disingenuous with me, I'm going to tell you how I think I could help you or how you could help yourself and how you could be better. Um, it's just what I do. It's just what I do. But listen, guys, it's always a pleasure being here and speaking with you all. Um, everyone listening, it was a wonderful production, another great podcast episode. And I look forward to being back here with you next week or the week after that with more content. Listen, we're coming hot and strong this quarter. This Well, for them semester, this quarter for me. And uh, we're being more intentional. We're not letting up. And I have a guest for you, special guest. I'm going to get him on uh, probably in a few weeks. A very successful man in his own right. A county attorney for Nassau County. And I've spoken to him about joining us before. But he's a man full of stories, uh, full of funny jokes. And uh, one in particular I want you guys to hear how we met Bernie Madoff. Long story, but it was a funny story that you guys are going to enjoy. But Akinwali Andrew, it's a pleasure as always. Any last words for the audience? Not really. Well, listen, guys, um, everyone, stay safe, stay sweet, and see you next week. The Sweet Mates are out. <laughs>